Hi Legends! Welcome back to the Legend Element podcast, an inspirational podcast about everyday heroes. I'm Marketa Melounova. We'd like to give big shout out to the sponsor of this episode, Photographers from Flower Captures, located in Australian Sydney. If you want soulful images or to capture any adventure moment, contact them at flarecaptures.com.au. Legend of today's episode is Ursula Adams, an Australian extreme trail runner and lover of rock climbing, mountain biking and hiking. We are going to talk about her incredible running journey, how she went from 5 kilometers to 100 kilometers in less than one year. We're going to talk also about importance of positive mindset, support of friends and how to overcome challenges. Hi Ursula, welcome to the Legend Element podcast. Hi Marketa, how are you? Very well, thank you. Ursula, please, could you explain to our listeners what is trail running and what does it mean to you as someone who is currently able to run over 100 kilometers in one go? <laughs> well, geez, I don't know whether um, I have the real definition for trail running, to be honest, but I guess trail running for me is being able to run out in nature running up and down hills, navigating rocks with maybe trying not to twist your ankle on the way around those rocks, (laughs) Um, really just experiencing getting out into any trails and running around in the bush, essentially. (laughs) I don't know whether that's maybe the definition of it or not. And could you tell a little bit more, what does it mean to you personally? So I guess trail running to me is... A time where I can kind of be by myself, you know, sometimes I might be out there for half an hour. Other times I might be out there for four hours. So when you're outside in the bush, maybe running by yourself, you have a lot of time to think about stuff. So it's kind of like a time for me in a way, it's a bit of a meditation where I run with my thoughts rather than away from them. And I think that's maybe a big thing for me because previous to that, I might have felt really uncomfortable with sitting with my thoughts or trying to think about different things. And at times I would run away. So I think of my childhood and when I was maybe 15 and I would run away from home. (laughs) So now rather than running away with all the things, it's my time to sort of yeah, be with my thoughts and to think about, yeah, time for reflection. Mm. And I guess a part of that as well is just the journey of running. Like I really enjoy the process of it. Trail running is, you know, really different to road running. You're not running on a flat surface. It's a time where you're conquering some obstacles. You know, there's always obstacles on the path. There might be rocks, there might be stumps, there might be tree roots poking up out of the way. Um, There might be branches if you're going through some single trails that are really tight and you might have to duck and weave and it might be a gravelly path. So it might be really slippery. Um, You might even have to navigate through water over creeks and yeah, waterfall kind of areas. So I really enjoy that challenge to 
trail running and the process of the whole journey, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like a great tip for mindfulness and it gets you into great outdoors. And tell me, what brought you into running long distances? What was your journey? How did you start? Well, this is the thing. I really haven't been running all that long. I basically, me and a couple of friends signed up in 2021. So amongst COVID and I've really always wanted to do what's called the Kokoda Challenge. There's a race on the Gold Coast and in Brisbane and on the Sunshine Coast that is called the Kokoda Challenge. And it's a um, foundation that runs a charity for youth. So I had always wanted to do this hike, I guess. I call it a hike because at the time I wasn't running. I maybe was only running five kilometers in one week. <laughs> I was really an avid rock climber at the time. And so I'd gotten a couple of friends to join me on this Kokoda challenge and we had signed up for 48 kilometers. So I had myself and two friends who joined on this hike and throughout the hike we got maybe I think 25 or so kilometers in and one of the friends of mine he was so buckled he was having cramps in his legs he had blisters on his feet <laughs> I just remember him being in so much pain he just got to a point where we got to an aid station and our friend with the, was there um, cheering us on and had come to give us dinner because we'd been out on the trail for hours. And so this friend of mine at the time, he was just like, I can't go on. Like my legs are so ruined. There is no way I can hike any further. But the whole part of the Kokoda challenge is essentially to do it with your friends and to be able to finish as a team. So you couldn't finish in a team of two. You had to finish in a group of three or four. So anyway, I was a bit annoyed with this friend of mine at the time. I was like, well, now I'm going to have to find us another team, you know. So I'm there madly mm -hmm. rushing around trying to ask these other people who were competing in this challenge and saying, please, will you let me and my friend um, Martin join your team because, yeah, our friends dropped out. And anyway, so we found this nice team of four. <laughs> so Martin and I ended up kicking our other friend to the curb and he got a ride home because he was so not able to continue. We ended up joining this other team. And anyway, so we had hours and hours left to finish the race. And by the time we'd gotten to the end, we'd talked to these guys in the team and they had previously done trail running or they were trail runners. So we had plenty of time to chat and there was a little bit of encouragement on the way that I should maybe start trail running. And I'd said to them at the time, I was like, yeah, I've always thought about it. I thought I'd really like it, you know, like, cause I really like hiking um, and I'm quite a fast hiker and most of my friends don't like hiking with me because <laughs> of that reason. So <laughs> I thought, all right, well, what way to get into it, but a little bit of encouragement and start running. So anyway, it was pretty much after that, that yeah, I developed this love for trail running and got out there. And, and next thing you know, I'm running a hundred kilometers in one go. 
Yeah, so exactly. I'm basically gone from running no more than five kilometres to 100 k's in less than a year. So it's from what people tell me, it's pretty incredible. But I guess I don't really know any different because <laughs> I've just done what my body, I don't know, has enabled me to do. Yeah, I just wanted to say that's incredible, like to go in one year from zero to hero. (laughs) That's that's amazing. (laughs) Oh, God, I wouldn't say that. I mean, there's definitely been ups and downs. It has definitely been a really, really challenging journey the entire way throughout. And I guess that's one of the things that I really love about the whole trail running as well. I couldn't ever see myself as a road runner. I don't know, it seems to be a different um, community of runners, but whereas the trail running community, I get this great sense of, you know, belonging and I feel like everyone's different out there on the trails and everyone is really encouraging and it doesn't matter how fast or slow you are. Mm. If you are, you know, smiling and trying to achieve whatever it is, you know, you've set out to achieve, everyone's going to be there cheering you on and giving you encouragement the whole way throughout. So I think that's what I really enjoy about the scene of trail running um, and running these long distances because people understand that, it's a huge challenge. It's not, you go through a journey on the way and you learn some things on that journey and it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a persistence, right? To go through oh. the good and bad blisters, <laughs> sorneys, oh, yes. everything. Yeah, there is so much persistence. And I think, sometimes I think to myself, it's more of mental persistence than it is physical. I think we as humans can do a whole lot of things physically, but to be able to do 100 kilometres and keep running Mm -hmm. and you have all these thoughts through your head along the journey, it gets really tough because you, you certainly get in your head and you can become really negative and some of the time, you know, your head will tell you to you know, stop running and that you should give up and that everything's hurting. And, you know, some of the time people do get to that point where they just, yeah, they have to end that journey. But I guess for me, that's maybe one of my strengths that, yeah, I guess I can fight with those negative thoughts that come in and really persist through those things that might come up for me and really trying to change my mindset and put myself into a positive mindset is quite an art. Like it's a bit of an artwork to (laughs) get that to happen when you're out on the trail maybe and you've been out there for hours and hours and nobody is around you. You can't ask for anyone's advice. You can't get any support. Um, Positive attitude. It may sound like a cliche, right? But it's hard work. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it easier when you've got support around you and people are cheering you on. But when you're out there alone and you feel really isolated, especially on some of these trail runs that I've done, you know, I might have been out there for 10 plus hours. And, Mm. yeah, I'm really grateful for the, the strength of my mind being able to pull me through some of those really dark moments, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And Ursula, if we go back to competing, what was your first, like the f- very first running competition? How long was it? I mean, like when you were running from the beginning to the end. Well, <laughs> this is an interesting part of my story as well, because 
in the first year, again, like, like I say, I was only running five kilometers maybe ever in my lifetime before this. And so my first race, I guess, that I signed up to was 50 kilometers. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't even, I didn't even <laughs> think about crazy. signing up for a marathon. I just went, no, you know what? I'm just going to sign up to the 50 kilometers. It's called the Coastal High and it's on the Gold Coast and it goes through Numanbar and Springbrook and it is just the most beautiful, incredible trail, but with a lot of elevation, so lots of hills. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as a new runner, I didn't really know what I was in for. <laughs> so I just sort of throw myself in the deep end. And when I throw myself in the deep end and I say that I'm going to do something, I do it. So I signed up for the 50 kilometres. It was amongst all of COVID and so all of that was going on and it was like there were so many different thoughts going through my head about should I do it, should I not do it, is it the right thing to do at this time? Anyway, ended up taking the leap of faith and signed up to it and went, yep, you know what, I'm going to do it. And (laughs) it was a gruelling, gruelling seven hours of running and hiking. There's a part in that race that towards the end, probably within the last 10 kilometres of the race, it's it's got these big set of stairs. And anyway, I had no idea what <laughs> what these stairs were like, but everyone was like, have you been up the apple, apple tree stairs? And I was like, no, I've got no idea. Anyway, finally get to these stairs and I'm just going, oh, my goodness, my legs were not working anymore. I was just in silent mode, mm-hmm. couldn't talk, probably had the most gruesome look on my face of like, don't talk to me. I'm in so much pain right now. I'm just trying to get to the end. And I remember this lady saying to me as she was hiking up it much faster than me, she was like, do you want a cliff block? And I was like, (laughs) what, what is that? (laughs) I had no idea what this cliff block was that she was talking about. And anyway, she's like, it'll give you some energy and help with you know the pain I just was totally sucked in and I was like yes please can I have a little cliff block (laughs) anyway she gave it to me and I just sucked on that little energy chew for so long trying to get up those stairs and whether it had a placebo effect or something it helped me just get to the top of those stairs and by the time I reached the top and there were people up there and everyone's cheering you on, you're just like, thank goodness that is over. This better be, we better be so close to the end because I am so done. My legs are cooked. (laughs) It was the most painful thing and so the last 5Ks, I feel like I just, I was just walking and jogging and walking and jogging and I just couldn't wait to see that finish line but Mm -hmm. I made it and I could not believe that I had just ran 50 kilometers after having never run anything really more than (laughs) five kilometers in my life (laughs) so you're a little wonder woman (laughs) yeah well I think it was a little bit of false sense of security really because then it made me think, oh, I'm going to sign up for a bigger race. Obviously, 50 kilometres was not enough and <laughs> I need to find my next race. <laughs> so then after that, I found an 80-kilometre race 
and that was the next race that I did after 50Ks. So the difference in feeling and recovery time from 50Ks to 80Ks was a lot different. I definitely remember being a lot sore after that 80 kilometres and it took much longer to recover after that longer race. So, Mm. you know, you get the aches and pains, you don't sleep really well on that first night after that race, nor do you sleep well the night before the race. Mm. You know, you've got all this adrenaline pumping and the excitement and then a whole lot of fear and nervous feelings of, you know, oh, my God, I'm going to race the next day and am I ready? Have I trained enough? And those kind of things. A lot of questions, yeah, in your head. Yes, so a lot of questions go into your head and then you do those races and then all of that stuff goes away and you just sort of sit there in a little bit of pain and recovery and try and look after your body and mind and get the best sleep. Mm. And why do you like actually competing like what is the thing like which is so attractive to you because it is very challenging as you describe I still don't know whether I really love the competitive side of things I don't know I'm a little bit undecided about that because I'm only really competing against myself it's you know I set the goals for myself and it has really nothing to do with anyone else I'm not there I guess to win I guess I set that goal and I'm just hoping to achieve what it is that I've set out to achieve I guess in the process of that sometimes Mm. I'm finding if I put too much thought into competing and wanting to race then it becomes a bit more pressure on yourself and I don't Mm. like that part of it I want it to remain fun I want it to be that fun journey that I set out when I did that first 50 kilometres and I smiled pretty much the whole time apart from those gruelling stares at the end. I think what I really like about the competition is me trying to run these races in different areas. I don't really have a feeling to run the same race twice. Mm -hmm. I think I just really want to do one race and then be done with it and find a new trail race and run some new journey because I think everything's an adventure and I just want to explore these new environments and meet new people along the way. I think that's maybe why I love maybe if you say competitiveness, maybe it's about the adventure and the journey rather than actually competing. Maybe it's the meeting new people and seeing Mm. new trails and being out in nature in different places. All right. And what was your competition you are the proudest of and why? I think probably the most recent run that I did was at Brisbane and it was called the Brisbane Trail Ultra. I signed up to do 110 kilometres in that race. And so essentially that's my biggest, longest run that I've ever done. Uh And I would say that's probably my proudest run to date. I think the reason why it would be my proudest is because I think I'm my own coach. I sort of did all my own training plan and I really looked at a few months ahead and I really made a solid plan of how I was going to train and what I thought I could achieve leading up to that event. And so I feel like I was really organised. I got some good advice from some new people that I had met 
And I feel like that run, I really wanted to go into it by myself, apart from my one person who was going to support me that day. So my friend Jacinda was my support crew. And so when you're running that long distance, I mean, you can do it all on your own and you can have what's called drop bags, which is have food at these certain checkpoints where you can refuel and get your food and replenish your water and those sorts of things. But it's nice if you have a support person or someone who can meet you at those checkpoints because when you're doing such long distance, you don't understand how meaningful and how good it is to see Mm -hmm. a friend and a smiling face Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you're 20 or 30 kilometres in and you're just ready to see someone. You might not have been running with anyone for a little while. So it's just nice to see a familiar face. So with that run, I really, yeah, I really made a good plan going in there and had the great support of Jacinda. And then also on the day, then I had the surprise of my mum turning up and my cousin turning up. Um, And so that just made it even better as well because that was not something I knew was going to happen. And then a couple of friends showed up as well. And just at each of those little points when I saw that familiar face and people kept telling me that I could keep going and encouraging me, that then gave me more strength and determination to keep going and keep pushing harder. Mm because now I'm suffering with a little bit of an injury after that. So it's definitely made me learn that you can't do everything and sometimes you need to slow down and sometimes you do need longer recovery and sometimes you really just need to take a step back and focus on maybe some strength work rather than just run, run, run. So it's taught me some big lessons through that last race that have been really meaningful. Ursula, and how about your worst running competition? Is there any? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say it's my worst (laughs) because I actually did really well at it, but it was my shortest running distance that I did. So I did a 30-kilometre race And I actually went really, really well at it. And I thought, okay, this was like maybe seven months or eight months after having run. Um, So I'd run some big races then. And I thought, I'm going to do a shorter one and I'll see how I go at a 30-kilometre one. Because I thought, oh, that'll be great. Like, it'll just be over and done with, you know, in a short time frame. And so maybe I can go a bit faster just get it done really quickly. So I did go a bit faster, maybe a little bit too fast, and I might have gotten in my head a little bit. I wasn't very good at looking at the markers on the course, so I missed some of the markers and then I ran the wrong direction. So then I got lost and had to go back, so I added on a few extra kilometres and there was this nice guy that was running sort of he was behind me but we'd ran together for maybe the first five kilometers and anyway so I caught up to him again and I said you know hey Andy like I got lost before and he said oh I started yelling at you telling you to come back that you were going the wrong way but I couldn't catch up to you (laughs) and I thought oh no so I felt so terrible because he tried to help me and then anyway so I jogged along with Andy again for a little bit 
And then I started picking up the pace and I was like, okay, I can go a bit faster than Andy. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. So I kept on going and overtook him for a little bit. Then I got to what I didn't know was the halfway mark and got to a station where there was a volunteer there. Anyway, he just kept cheering me on. And so I just kept going straight. And then I ended up kept going straight for a bit and I thought, I feel like there should be another sign or another marker or something. And anyway, sure enough, I asked some of the other guys who were running in the opposite direction to me and they were in a different race. And I looked at my watch and I looked at the map and I was like, oh, no, I have gone past the halfway mark. So I think I'd gone maybe one and a half kilometres out of the way. Anyway... I was like so annoyed at myself because I was just like, oh, I was going so well. Anyway, so I turned around and started running back the same direction and then got back to the volunteer and he was like, I am so sorry. I didn't tell you this was the turnaround point. (laughs) And I just was like, oh, no, it doesn't matter. It's just a race. And so I kept on running and anyway, so I never saw Andy again. And then I got over the finish line and everyone's cheering me in and they're like, you've come first. I was like, no, I didn't. I got lost. And they were like, no, no, you're the first one to cross the finish line. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, no way. I was like, Andy would have won it for sure. You know, I was, he would have, yeah, he would have turned around. Anyway, Andy came in not too far behind me. And I said to him, how on earth did you get behind me? You were in front of me and I got lost for a second time. And he said, you wouldn't believe this, but I got lost after all my yelling and trying to tell you to come back. I then got lost myself. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> so hilarious. So terrible for him. But also so grateful because he had tried to help me. But at the same time, then the both of us just did some silly things and weren't paying too much attention and didn't really read the course very well. So that taught me a good lesson. Really look at the course description and maybe have a look at the map before you race and know where the turnaround point is so then you're somewhat prepared for when you get lost or when you feel like you just have this gut feeling that you've gone too far or something just isn't quite right and I just had that gut feeling that I'd gone a little bit too far and sure enough I was right. (laughs) Ursula there is interesting thing about your running and racing Uh, Through this, you started to bring awareness to domestic violence. Tell us more about this. This is a tricky one because it's not something I've ever done before. I mean, I work as a social worker and throughout my working career, I have dealt with the issue of domestic violence with clients um, Mm -hmm. of mine with my running, I just, I was thinking about it after I'd, or maybe before I'd done that Brisbane Trail Ultra, the longest run that I've done so far. And I thought, I really want to run a race that's even further (laughs) and see whether I can achieve something even bigger. And so I signed up to 100 mile race And so 100 mile is 160 kilometres for all those people who don't speak in miles. And 
when I thought about doing it, I just thought, why am I doing it? Why do I want to do it? Yes, it's a challenge. But then I was thinking about it a bit more in terms of I wanted that 100 miles to be a bit more purposeful and a bit more meaningful. So I didn't want it to be a race. I wanted to make a meaningful run Mm. out of my next run. And so part of this run, when you sign up to it, it asks you whether you want to fundraise for a charity. So the run that I'm doing is called the Ultra Trail and it's part of a big World Series event. And so for the first time ever, they're doing an Ultra Trail in Kosciuszko. So it's got a whole lot of meaning for me, this. So I thought, okay, I'm going to fundraise for it and what charity am I going to pick? And so I thought about what I wanted to do with that fundraiser. And I reached out to quite a number of charities because I didn't just want to pick one just for picking one. I called a couple of charities that I knew and I asked them specifically, what would they do with the money if I raised money for them? I said, I want to know that it's in line with my values and what I truly believe is for a good cause because I don't want to be telling people to donate money if it's not going to go to a cause that I really agree with. So eventually I got in touch with um, White Ribbon Foundation and for anyone that doesn't know about them, they are an Australian charity that does some really great work with violence against women. So I organised a Zoom session to meet with one of their staff When I found out what they did and when I looked into it more, I thought, this is the one. This is the one that I feel really positive about because they have so many areas of their organisation that they put money into. So education, they do some workplace programs. They also look at changing policies and looking at policy reform. They do some work with children in schools and they also look at trying to implement some prevention strategies. And by doing that, they're really focusing on talking to more men about this issue of men's violence against women. Part of that and what was in line for me was my maybe recent unhealthy relationship in terms of some things like verbal abuse and emotional abuse throughout Mm. that. And once I looked into it more, I was really inspired by some of the voices that White Ribbon have in their charity. And I thought, I'm really scared to speak out about this issue. And why am I so scared? You know, I'm not scared to run 100 kilometres, but then if you ask me to speak out, I've got this little fear, you know, should I do this? Should I not do this? Why am I being a bit scared to talk about this issue? It really made me think. And I thought, it's this fear. I'm still sitting in this fear of talking about this issue and still thinking about this other person and thinking, oh, is that going to hurt them or is that going to do some damage there? And so I had to really change my mindset and be like, I'm not responsible for other people. When other people misbehave and behave in a way that is so disrespectful and Mm -hmm. treat someone in a way with verbal abuse or emotional abuse and uses tactics of control to control the other person, that's not okay. And I really want to stand up against this issue. One day when I was running as well, I just thought, okay, I'm going to do 100 miles. You know what? I want to do this as a little project. And I really want to set out 
to have 100 conversations with people about this issue of domestic violence. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough me trying to find people to chat to, but I thought, well, I can create a little survey and people don't necessarily have to speak out in words that are over the phone or over the social media or anything like that, but they can certainly have a singular conversation with me and give me their opinions. And with their consent, of course, then I am asking them whether I can use their opinions in terms of their prevention strategies or what their experience of having seen violence through their life, how did they respond to violence, what are their attitudes around the issue of violence. And I really want to bring some of those opinions out there and put them out there to the wider world because I really Mm. want to create change. I'm just sick of hearing, you know, throughout my line of work that this issue doesn't seem to be shifting. You know, you see all the time on the news that people are dying out there, you know, their partners murdered them or something really awful Mm. like that. And I just wonder why is this issue not changing? What is it that we're doing in society that these things are still thriving and people are still so scared to speak out about this what is going on Hmm. I guess that's my long story to what's inspired me for this next race that I've signed up to do because yeah I feel like I'm really doing it for a purpose rather than just running a race for myself yeah Ursula thank you for speaking up It almost gives me goosebumps to see Mm. the progress you've done. Uh, Ursula, if I took any of your pictures, I see this incredible, happy, wide smile. I'd say it can be almost something like your signature. But I can imagine after (laughs) long running, you have these blisters, everything is sore. What is behind the smile, actually? I think maybe it's a trait of my family to begin with. I think we all in my family have big smiles. But I think throughout any of my adventures, I think I always have this big smile on my face. But I think in my line of work as a social worker, sometimes I know when I've been working with children, I teach them about body language and how important body language is to people outside and what we do with our face and what we do with our tone of voice and how we sit or hunch over that tells a story so if all I can do during that race is tell a story of me being happy and full of joy and having the time of my life even though in my head I might be going through the most painful of experiences and like you say I might have the biggest blisters or a whole lot of chafe or a really sore knee or sore foot or something just bugging me. If all I can do is put a simple smile on my face, that is going to actually help bring others happiness because I feel like whenever you run past someone and if you just put a smile on your face, they know that they're in a bit of pain. We all know that we're in a bit of pain, but we don't need to comment on that and it's sort of just like it makes things a little bit easier and just a little lighter so I think Mm. keeping that smile during that race is really important to inspire others and um, get them out there moving and keep on putting that foot in front of the other. Mm. And would you like Mm. to send any message to our listeners? Oh look I think my biggest message is fight the fear just get rid of that thought 
you know, no dream, no matter how big it is, is impossible. So try all of these new things like I did when I said to myself, I really wanted to try trail running and had only run 5Ks and then all of a sudden I'm running 100. So get rid of any self-doubt, put your mind to it and keep that positive mindset. Mm. Mm, that's a great message. Mm. Ursula, <laughs> we are legend element. So I have a couple questions regarding your legends. Who is your legend, who you know in person and why? Okay, my legend is a little legend and her name is Jade and she is a foster girl that I look after every now and again to give her carers a little break. And she's 13, she's sassy as anything, but <laughs> she has been through a lifetime of traumatic things I will say but I am so inspired by her strength and her courage and she is full of love and life and a big smiler like myself and she's a big fighter and I guess I just admire all of her strengths her hugs are so infectious and her smiles contagious she is just beautiful and I had her for the weekend just gone and I actually said to her, I said, hey, I'm going on a podcast. Is it okay if, you know, they've asked me this question, like I thought about it and I thought of you, can I tell them who you are? And she said, yeah, for sure. So I really thought of whether she would be okay with me talking about her and I think that really brought a smile to her face. So, yeah, that's my little legend that, yeah. I look up to. Ursula, amazing. Thank you so much for the interesting, fun and inspirational interview. And we wish no you all the best to achieve your goals. Thank you and so much. It's been great. Thank you for inviting me. I've really yeah, enjoyed the whole process. It's been great, Marketa. Thank you. My pleasure. Big thanks, Pilung, also to our listeners. Today, we talked to Australian trail runner Ursula Aidens. You can support us by becoming our patron and our legend at patreon.com. And finally, we'd like to say a huge thank you to the sponsor of this episode, photographers from Flare Captures. Contact them at flarecaptures.com.au. Flare